Hey everyone, this is Dave Dubow with another episode of the Property Profits Real Estate Podcast. Today we got something really interesting for you. And that's because our special guest, Billy Keels, is zooming in all the way from Barcelona, Spain, where he lives and resides and has married a beautiful Spanish lady and has some Spanish American kids. He's living the European lifestyle and investing in the States. So, Billy, welcome to the call. Hey, Dave. Thanks so much. Really, uh, really excited to be here and looking forward to our conversation today. All right. So let's just jump right in and, and I'll ask you a little bit about your background in a few minutes. But to get started with, you're based in Europe. We were talking a little bit before we hit record. You've been there for 19 years. That's a long time. You've been around, I think you said, 87 countries total so far, something crazy like that. Yep. You've seen a lot of the world, yet you're not focused on investing in Europe, you're focused on living in Europe and investing in the United States. Is that correct? That's absolutely correct. And so, so why is that? Why, what in your mind are the big benefits of U.S. investing versus investing in your new, newish backyard, which is Europe? Yeah. So my, my new home here in Europe, it's a couple things, right? I just am a big believer. I think a lot of times you think to yourself, well, I have to do I either have to work a corporate job or I have to be a full-time entrepreneur. And I tend to think that you can live with what I like to think of as the and mentality, right? And so one of the things that happens is, as you mentioned before, 19 years and man, time has flown by. It's been, it's been so much fun. I just supposed to do a one-year sabbatical and it's been 19 years later, three countries, and it's a lot of fun. But what I've learned along the way is that I genuinely love living in Europe, like in specifically living in Barcelona. And when I looked to invest, because I had some issues with the stock market primarily, just entrusting my money there. And yeah, I was you looking to- few, You and a whole bunch of millions of other people right about now, I think. Yeah. Why, why did I figure that would be the case? <laughs> Probably billions of other people. <laughs> but when that happened, I thought that I wanted to also invest here because everything that I'd read up until that point, it was kind of like you buy your place and you invest in your own backyard. And because I have this end mentality, it was more of a, about saying, okay, well, the numbers from the books that I read weren't actually matching up here in the place that I live in Barcelona. And then I lived in Italy and I lived in, in France as well. And so I kind of looked there because I knew the markets more or less. And one day someone was like, well, you know what, man, you're American. Why don't you invest in the US? And I thought, well, have you not seen the tens of thousands of kilometers between where I live and where my properties would be like that just didn't make any sense. And then once I actually realized kind of the steps to take and made sure that I was in the right location that was providing me cash flow, which is actually what I'm interested in and not the capital gains or appreciation type of plays that we'll see here in Europe. It really was about figuring out how do I live where I really love living, which is here in Europe and gain more control over my financial life. And that was being able to invest in cash flowing assets, which I have much better control of. And, and I believe you can have much better control of your, your financial life. So it was really about putting the and mentality together, loving where I live now, and also investing where it absolutely makes sense for me and my investors today. All right. So Billy, just out of personal curiosity, because I'm embarrassed to say my first trip to Europe was just last year for crying out loud. So you made so it got- awesome. It was awesome. Yeah, absolutely awesome. But I have zero clue of what real estate investing looks like in Europe. So obviously, you know, you, you don't know all the ins and outs, but can you give us the big picture perspective of 
what are European real estate investors typically doing? What kind of investments are they doing? Well, when you think about, and, and just in general, right, the, the majority of people, if I compare it to the U.S. market, right, I, I don't know a lot about the, the Canadian market, for instance, but if I look at the U.S. market, it would, what we see is the dynamic, is, and I'm going to overgeneralize here, yeah, but it's very much like if you, when you're looking at the major European capital cities, it's very similar to living in your New York or Los Angeles or San Francisco. And what I mean by that is when you are looking for the roller coaster ride, right, the, the big upswings when things are going really, really well, you can kind of get really huge appreciation plays and cash out and then you wait till it goes down. You do the same thing over and over again. That is what I was finding in the markets that I was looking in Europe. And specifically, it was Barcelona. It was Madrid. I had lived in Paris before that. And then I was looking in two different places in Italy. And so they were very much appreciation-based markets buy low, sell high, or buy low and hold on forever and hope that the value of the place goes up from a number of the different types of appreciation. And that is what I was seeing. And even today, I mean, I have a number of friends that think that it's normal to continue to pay into a cash flowing asset, like a what we would call a single family residence, that they pay into that every month, even if there's a 10. So it's, it's not cash flowing, it's cash sucking. Business. Negative, right, exactly. So, it's cash so flow it's negative. The big challenge, the fa- is it like, you know, the New Yorks, is it like the Los Angeles, is the, the Toronto's, the Hong Kong's, where the value of, of a single family home or even a condo is off the charts kind of thing? I mean, the price point on it is just crazy? Yes, yeah. yes. Yes. So, I mean, for instance, it's very difficult to find a property and I'm just going to use US or, or, or Euro terms, but like the the duplex that's 120,000 US dollars, like it's not going to happen. And if you do find them, they're going to be in a town that's so remote that even if you bought it, it's going to probably be your second residence and not a place that you're going to be able to rent out to other people. Got it. And Yeah. And so that just makes it difficult when you're, when you have your investor cap on, because when you're looking to actually invest and make sure that you're creating not just a cash return, but, or, you know, I mean, you're, you're going to get your return on your capital, return of your capital first, return on your capital next. And then it's just more difficult to find those types of opportunities, in my opinion, or said another way, I think it's much easier to find those types of opportunities that create cash flow in the U.S. market, which is one of the reasons that I've decided to continue to do that. So. You know, we were talking off camera a little bit. You got inspired by the Purple Book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, like gazillions of others of us. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> didn't you, you quickly realize it didn't quite work the same way in Europe as, as the examples in the United States and North America. So going from the corporate world, because that's that's where you come from, jumping into real estate, how did that process look for you and how did you finally decide on what kind of properties and what geographic area you wanted to focus on? So it's kind of like a, a tale of two cities because in the beginning I was really just looking to, I think a lot of times you'll go through life and you get to a certain point and you're thinking, all right, like I'm doing all the right things. I've got the good grades. I'm in the corporate job. You are now climbing the corporate ladder and then you start getting more responsibility and then you're putting your money in your 401k equivalent or what, whatever your defined contribution plan is, whatever country you live in, because every country calls it something else. But basically, you're paying into your future retirement plan. And when I started seeing in 2000, I was getting I lost portfolio value. And in 2008-ish, I lost about 33% of my portfolio. I was really just looking to get more control over my financial life. And so 
I had the money and I just went to a place where I had the money. I had family in a certain area and I was like, look, I just, I read the books and I was tired of reading the books. I wanted to take action. So that was the first way that I actually bought the property and got there. But then I soon realized that maybe that wasn't the best way just to go because to buy the property because I had the money. <laughs> so I had to change my mindset. And once I changed the mindset, it was really about saying, okay, what are a lot of the different skill sets that I've been able to develop in my corporate role? And there were a lot of things like being able to build teams, be able to have coaching, coaching others to be able to help or manage through other people to achieve common goals, project management, these types of things. And so when I realized that I needed to put a process in place, I put that process in place, got really clear on what it was that I was trying to do, which was actually create cash flow and control over my financial life. Then afterwards, I went to the locations that were going to be more, I guess, boring kind of locations, like your secondary, third, tertiary markets, but that were not going to get the highs and lows. Once I found that, it was really about getting out there and making sure that I was doing like I did in my corporate job or doing my corporate job, which is create the right teams. And then afterwards, it was finding the right opportunity and making sure that I had a clear process, which exact same thing that I've been doing in my corporate roles. And so the second half of the story is actually where the process is now clear. And it's also helping me make sure that I'm in the right locations with the right teams so that we can deliver on what we say that we're going to deliver, not just for ourselves, more importantly, for our investors. So, so very cool. So if you don't mind sharing, what kind of properties do you primarily focus on these days? And when you're talking about tertiary markets, which ones are you? I know you're originally from the Midwest. Is that kind of yeah. where you're buying properties these days? So I'll kind of take it the opposite way. So where we started was buying or where I started, right? Because when I started, I was just trying to fix my own problem because I just wanted more control. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. so I was buying, I actually never purchased a single family residence. I purchased a couple smaller multifamily properties, duplexes, quadplexes, things like that. And then had a, an opportunity to buy a mobile home park. And so that was really, really cool. And so the, the properties initially were on the East Coast of the United States and the state of New Jersey, hmm. which, you know, it, it, I think at a certain point, you, when you are ready to get started, you just have to get started. Like you can't keep reading books. And I was at the point where I just needed to take action. So I took action. And then you really quickly realize, oh, well, hang on a second. Even though I've done all the courses, I had my own, <laughs> like I was part of masterminds and things like that, but you're going to have to get your own bumps and bruises. And so I, once I got those, I realized that, hey, look, and also where my skill set is, is really playing in an area for larger type of assets. And so what I've been doing is actually making the transition from the smaller multifamilies and riding along for the larger multifamily opportunities, like the 250 and above in the Midwest and the Southeast. So the states like Indiana and Ohio are great. Also states like Georgia or North Carolina, South Carolina, if you drill down specifically cities like Charlotte or the Charlotte MSA, Atlanta MSA, Columbus MSA, things like that. So when you say ride along, what do you mean by that? So, you know, so basically there are kind of two ways that you can do and there are two flavors. You you can be a key partner or a general partner, meaning, and I'm talking more like syndication when you bring and aggregate people's capital together and you go out and you buy bigger properties and you can be, take the lead on that. So being much more active, or you can be what's called a passive investor or, or a limited partner. And so as I moved to the larger properties, I've made a decision to first start as a limited partner and then continue to grow and now getting into more of the types of opportunities where we're actually leading or, or aggregating towards a specific project or group of projects. So very, very so, cool. So, so are you 
with your contacts in Europe, with your experience with almost 20 years living there now, is your primary focus these days finding fellow investors locally in Europe and helping them to get started investing in the States? Is that kind of what you do? So it's, well, I mean, in terms of platform, it's really helping anyone anywhere that is looking to gain more control over their financial life. And, okay. and the reason I say that is I'm surrounded by lots of people that are, you know, multiple six-figure salary earners that know a lot more about what's happening at the corporate companies that we either work for or serve as, you know, as a provider of services or, or software, whatever the case may be, than they do about their own financial life, yeah. right? And so whether that person is sitting here in Europe and Spain, or they're sitting in Canada, today, the platform is, is able to help anybody wherever they are. The reality is, is because I'm here and I started investing here and I started sharing the great things, the not so great things that were happening with people that were around me, the majority of them started out being physical face-to-face -face contacts here in Europe between Italy, France, and Spain. But now it's, you know, it, it really is pretty much wherever the person is, as long as they're having, well, they're looking to gain more control over, over their financial life. So very, very cool. So that's the topic. It's kind of near and dear to my heart, Billy. And that's all about attracting investors, raising capital. In our last couple of minutes here, before we wrap up, what are some of the top lessons you've learned about that process over the last number of years that you've been, you know, you've expanded, you've gone from just using your own capital to now also including investor partners on your deals? So I think, that, well, there are a couple of things that happen. Number one, I'm a big believer in having a proof of concept. So in the beginning, it was, I was trying to solve my own problem. Right. And because I wanted to have that more control over my financial life, I risked my own capital. I put my own sweat equity in. I was taking calls. I know what it's like to take the calls at midnight or two o'clock or four o'clock and doing that from different time zones, things like that. So I've actually been through that. And I've been through the downtimes. I've been through the $25,000 roofs that I should have caught in the home inspection, but I was too lazy to actually, I took the, I did the work to actually go out and get the home inspection, have it done, but I didn't take the time to actually read through it and, and be able to interpret it and understand what happened. And so as a result, I got a $25,000 lesson, right? That I paid full price for, but now I'm helping other people so that they don't necessarily have to pay full price for. And I can tell them, I can share my experience, but if they're not listening, because I also had coaches and mentors and things like that, but that you have to realize that I think when you go through those things, or I know when you go through those things, it provides a proof of concept. And so from starting there, that really helps because I know what it's like to go from beginning to end of the transaction, what it's like to build the relationships. And from that, it's really, aside from having the proof of concept, I think, well, no, I don't think, I know for sure that it's about being able to understand what the person in front of me is looking to achieve. And it's one of these things where I've talked to a lot of people and talk about being able to syndicate and raise money and things like that. And I've found, and Dave, I'm sure you've probably seen the same, that it's not about, it's not always about the money. It's not always about the financial return. It's about making sure that what the project that we are going to invest in it provides the type of return, whether that be economic, whether that be social, whether that be whatever the case may be, it has to be in alignment with what the person is looking to be a part of the project. And so when you, I love the fact that you say attracting capital, because that's what I believe as well. It's not going out and raising capital and this, that it's being able to attract the right capital and more importantly, the right people. Right. So I think being able to show proof of concept and then also being able to make sure that you're in alignment making sure that you have a compelling opportunity 
for the person that is there and being able to you know, show and demonstrate that you understand what that person is looking for, most importantly. Yeah, I agree with you, Billy. I just got a slightly different twist. And my, my philosophy is a little bit about finding the right people for the opportunities that I have versus trying to that's make the opportunity fit for the person. That's, that's it. Me. But yeah, it's, it's yeah. the same, same kind of idea. Yeah, I mean, it's the same. So then in the difference, well, not the difference, but the thing where I believe we're saying the same thing, but when there's a misalignment of what your project does with what the person wants to do, it never works. Like walk away, don't even try it. Cause it's it, no matter how nice it looks, I have a, I have a mentor, a guy named Victor Minash and Victor always says it's like putting a shoe on, right? If it doesn't matter how nice and beautiful, the most expensive, it could be Jimmy shoe, shoe in the world that if it's for five us dollars or five euros or five Canadian dollars, if it doesn't fit, it doesn't fit. So don't try to force it. Right. You know, and that it, it, it's really about alignment and making sure that, yeah, the thing that you're aligned and what the project does and what the person most importantly wants. Awesome. Billy, time flies when we're having fun. We'll have to do Dave, this. Dave, it's awesome. Would love to. If people want to find out more about what you're up to and what Billy Keels does, what should they do? Yeah, sure, Dave. I mean, I try to make it as easy as possible. So there are a couple different ways because everybody thinks different things. So if somebody is really would like to just get on the phone and speak to me, it doesn't matter where you are in the world, try to make it as easy as possible. Just go to bit.ly forward slash speak with Billy and get on a 30 minute call, speak to one another. If you are somebody who is interested in kind of reading about things that I've done, some of the things we've talked about today, you can go and pick up my ebook. You can buy it on Amazon, but you can get it here for free. Just go to growyourmoneythesmartway.com leave your email address and we can get connected with one another and, and chat. If you're just interested in kind of seeing what's going on, you can go to Billy Keels, B-I-L-L-Y-K-E-E-L-S.com and you can find out about me there. And pretty soon we'll have some stuff on a, uh, on a podcast we'll be releasing in a couple of weeks, depending on when you're watching this, uh, the Going Long podcast. So you should be able to see us also too on most of the major platforms. Awesome. Dave, it's been awesome, man. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you very much, Billy. And thanks for watching you guys. And we'll see you on the next episode. Bye-bye. Well, thanks very much for checking out the Property Profits podcast. If you like what we're doing here, please head on over to iTunes, subscribe, rate us, and leave us a review. We very, very much appreciate it. And if you're looking to create a regular flow of inbound investor inquiries about your real estate deals, then I invite you to attend one of my upcoming live online demonstrations. And you can check that out at Investor Attraction Demo. Dot com. Take care.